Jai and welcome to the Gator Gates podcast. Again, we're lucky that you guys are back with us another week. Uh, we're glad to be back. And uh, let me say first, let's acknowledge the forces in the non-material, particularly all the ancestors that are standing behind this great work. Uh, particularly, excuse me. Particularly, Nebnapalamusa Moradinabig for the way he opened up the work uh, to the rest of the world and uh, really standing on his back in terms of this work. And um, all the other great ancestors that are standing behind this great work in the non-material, all of our ancestors, your ancestors, uh, for bringing us together even through the virtual and um, all the uh, forces of nature that are standing behind this great work, the deities and all the genies and all the powers of nature that are standing behind uh, standing behind all of this. And uh, yeah, so we're still on the theme of uh, healing, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was sitting and I was kind of thinking about um, my journey. And I was thinking about... Where'd you go? Huh? Where'd you go? Mm-hmm. No, I didn't go anywhere. <laughs> I was just thinking about my journey in general, right? And I grew up in the States, right? I'm African, but I grew up in the States. And I was thinking about niggas. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Nigga. I was thinking about, <laughs> like, niggas. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about... Like, man, like how it almost becomes like like a religion. Mm, nigga? And like, huh? Nigga? N- like, just niggas. <laughs> niggas function in a kind of religious way. <laughs> like, they almost have, like, their own religion, right? And I was saying to myself, I'm like, it's so interesting because you just see it so clearly and evidently like when you gotta go back wherever wherever it is or you, when you're around a bunch of niggas right and then you got to code switch mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like let's say you do something that's considered outside of the religious niggadom aspects of niggadom <laughs> right <laughs> and then they'll just be like what is that mm. and they'll be like how like how like how or they'll be like what's going on with you or they might try and clown you or they might try and like you know like uh understand it and be like bro what's going on like what what kind of shit are you on what type of time are you on Mm -hmm. and then i'm sitting there and i was thinking to myself i'm like man i was like that's almost like a like a, a state that you can find yourself in that you have to work out of in terms of being Mm -hmm. on a healing journey Mm -hmm. is because it's not very cool to be in a on a healing journey and be a nigga yeah like a healthy nigga is a like niggas don't want to be around healthy niggas yeah Yeah. (laughs) so i figured three of us let's talk about three niggas niggas (laughs) three 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 niggas talking about niggas okay uh, who better uh, to mean, talk about it? Can I mean, we can we coin the word can we coin it? the word negativism? <laughs> negativism? Yeah, negativism. 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 What's negativism? Negativism is what he's describing. Mm. The aspect of being a nigga. Negativism. Is negativism 
Negativismic. Yeah. Okay, let's let's not go too far <laughs> off topic here. Okay. But uh, so like I was thinking about it, right? And because I was talking to one of my friends the other day, a black dude, so like he's he's a nigga, right? Mm-hmm. And and but I think no, I think we need to kind of differentiate what we're kind of talking about because some people might take it the wrong yeah, way. Some people might take it the wrong way and they'd be like, "But what do you mean he's a black guy? But he's he's a nigga?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> like when we say <laughs> when we say now, I got to think about who we're explaining this to or who could be listening to this or who will be listening to this at some point or another. So when we're talking about niggas, we're talking about a specific culture right we're talking about a specific aspect of black culture in which we're speaking on people that are either coming from the hood or are hood adjacent shout out to medicata <laughs> or yeah, she grew up in the suburbs but she wants to be a nigga yeah she, she said grew she's, up in a suburb that was close enough to the hood for her to think she was a nigga <laughs> yeah like she's mm. like yeah she's she calls herself hood adjacent right okay. so so she's a follower of nicotism <laughs> yes okay practice practice she's a practitioner she's okay. a practitioner of the mm-hmm. of <laughs> the niggaisms mm. sufisms of niggaisms <laughs> so basically you have like a and i don't mean this in like the um like you know how like racist white people will be like there's black people and then there's niggers like mm-hmm. we're not talking about it in that kind of way mm. we're talking about like how there's like a specific code out there that black dudes mm-hmm. adopt mm-hmm. and in which we all kind of understand and then we just all kind of live by and you have to adopt in order to be mm-hmm. accepted in social settings and within the community <clears throat> of being around a bunch of niggas mm-hmm. like if you're on the block and you come through talking about healing or talking about you know knowledge yourself or certain things Mm, you automatically get a certain classification Mm. that they will put you in that they either will kind of just like oh man this nigga's around here just trying to kick knowledge this nigga nigga? preaching ass this nigga nigga preaching ass nigga preaching head ass like just there's so many different ways Mm -hmm. niggas will look at you if you're on that kind of path of healing right and it gets kind of tiring after a while when you're living the, when you're a part of the religion of niggas, mm-hmm. because <laughs> I think I think we have a title to the show, the religion of niggas. This it's already written. <laughs> it's set in stone. <laughs> and and they you know like when you almost go against the congregation Mm, mm -hmm. of the religion you get classified in certain ways where like either people don't want to associate certain activities with you they might engage in certain illegal activities they might engage in certain avant-garde activities outside of the legal the legal you know normalized Mm-hmm. avenues mm-hmm. which is normal mm-hmm. and quite frankly 
real or honest, living in a very dishonest, you know, unethical society that we live in, which is rooted in colonialism, then it seems like the only way you should be going is in an illegal sense because this land was illegally stolen from other people to begin with, right? Mm -hmm. But we could go on and on. So they're kind of some of the more honest individuals that you find within America. Exactly. In terms of the way that they do things and in terms of the way that they go about things. But they do seem very kind of stuck and unwilling to adapt outside of the nigga religion that has been adopted in the hood. Mm in all communities within America. I don't want to say worldwide, because I don't know how. I mean, I would go as far as to say worldwide. I would, I don't too. Know. How do y'all, do I y'all been too. to, like, Croatia? Y'all know a bunch of but niggas like, from Croatia? Nah. Prime example, right? I feel like UK niggadom mm-hmm. is in its moment of starship oh, right is now. It? Mm-hmm. Like, Skepta. Like, <laughs> I'm saying, bro, like, what Skepta kind of, like, took off. Have y'all seen Top yeah. Boy? You're right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I'm just saying. Exactly. It's like the wire for the UK. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not I'm not disputing it. I just, I wasn't going to say the world because I don't know about any other nigga communities you outside of the US and the UK. Well, here's the thing, right? It's interesting because the US is kind of like the centerpiece of status in the world. Mm-hmm. So everything that comes out of the US tends to kind of like ex- expand or kind of like like a cancer, mm-hmm. so would you say, and kind of like gravitates to all other parts of the world. And I've kind of noticed that in a lot of other cultures, you see people start to like mimic niggatry or mimic the kind of behavior that we would, you know, consider to be behavior coming from the hood. Right. Really, because that's even promoted through the American media. So that in itself is now being used as like a tool to kind of like, dare I say destroy certain population <coughs> or demographics of mm-hmm. people in certain communities around the world. Of course. So I mean uh have you guys seen the movie They Clone Tyrone? Yeah. 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 It's so friggin' great. It's so good. It's so good because it just kind of exemplifies the way the religion of niggas or the nigger religion mm-hmm. has been proliferated mm-hmm. throughout America. America, why are you looking at this? <laughs> She's like, wait, wait, what? what, 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 what He's like, what? He's like, what kind of, what are you guys, what kind of show Nigga are you guys <laughs> talking about? <clears throat> well, this is, this is perfect because, you know, mm-hmm. this show is for the, this, this episode's for the niggas. For my niggas. Like, this episode is for Anyone that needs a starter pack and a kind of like a map or like a tour guide or like a legend to navigate out of the religion of being a nigga Mm -hmm. to try and, you know, kind of free themselves from the trappings of the religious nigga, nigga isms. (laughs) So... (laughs) There's no way to kind of put this like, in a yeah. in a way yeah. that in doesn't a light sound way. in a light way. Yeah. So <clears throat> the interesting thing is, is you 
see it in the movie they clone Tyrone where mm-hmm. they are able to see like how Bodica, how they Duh. just clone certain archetypes mm-hmm. of niggas and then they insert them into certain communities mm-hmm. and then that's the way the relig- the nigga religion is mm-hmm. self-perpetuated mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is in these types of archetypes within the community right. and it almost becomes self-governed and self-perpetuated because then they even start putting in like certain people that look like they could be black mm. or black passing mm-hmm. and then they're there kind of like upper management upper levels of <laughs> of mm-hmm. the nigga community right. the light skin of the, the light afro. skin yeah the light skin kind of the afro <laughs> but he's not black he's white right but right. he just had he's just very black passing and he has an afro mm. <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> so oh yeah we're going there tonight Ding. this is this is one of those episodes like now we have to take into consideration or into account the people that no matter how much you've changed or you've adapted in your life that when you see them when you go back to where you exactly or where you're coming from exactly it just is like you gotta go back into the nigga nigga isms and you gotta go back to basics and then just be on some nigga shit. Because otherwise, you'd like, it's like you're not even a part of the conversation. You're not speaking English if you're not speaking nigga to a nigga. And it's, it really is crazy. Mm-hmm. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, man. It's, it really is one of the, the craziest <coughs> phenomenons. Because when you do go back, you, you swear that you're going back with like a positive outlook on life. And, mm-hmm. You know, you're ready to kind of like take things to people. And maybe I got the right words to say. And then you start talking. And like maybe they start, they like nod their head for the first few minutes. Mm-hmm. And then you'll start to realize like a fall off. No, just the energy shift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's like an energy shift. At some point or another, there's yeah. an energy shift mm-hmm. where they're like, and maybe they don't. You right, know, right. The facial Verbalize expression it, doesn't right. give it away, but you can <laughs> you could feel the energy shift after a certain point in time mm-hmm. where they just start tuning you out and then they're like nigga still talking about mm. this shit. Mm-hmm. I need to roll up a blunt. Uh, funny story, right? <laughs> I had a lot of these moments like growing up. Cause I was always that one nigga in the hood we that was tell. like <laughs> the nigga that was always talking some shit. <laughs> so the other niggas would be like, Well, you know, we just want to smoke. But then I'm there smoking. I'm sitting there thinking. I'm like, bro, y'all don't realize that outside in space is like water. <laughs> like, like existence is like as above, fluid, so below. as above, so below. Motherfucker, y'all don't realize that? And they just there like, what you bro, smoking? what you talking about? He, I'm like, bro, y'all don't realize the Bible is lying? <laughs> and then niggas start talking like, bro. We just want to watch rap games, um, battle rap, and, mm-hmm, and you know, mm-hmm. we just want to roll the weed. Like, nobody would ever want to hear none of that shit. Mm-hmm. And it made me realize that not only am I an outcast, but really in society, in reality, niggas is outcast. 
because we don't really want to deal with anything real outside of what's involved in our small little circles mm. like outside of our own little comforts and that bothered me for a little bit well the interesting thing is is like now we're tasked with trying to break down and understand that phenomenon yeah like where <clears throat> as i was thinking about it and then I was thinking about why some people kind of struggle, mm. even in this. And then I started thinking about it. And I was like, it's because people don't realize that every state is a part of the journey. So, like, mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. a lot of black people, the nigga religion is the first state that you have to break out of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and yeah. If you don't break out of the first state mm -hmm. of the nigger religion, mm -hmm. then you're not going to be able to continue the path of healing and kind of decolonizing yourself. Because yeah, yeah. I mean, healing is just another word for saying decolonization, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. In another in an, in another way. And what you have is you have people that are kind of locked in their states, like the nigga religion state and then they're like well you know i don't understand why i have to kind of break out of this or why are you trying to break out mm. of your current state which is why they kind of look at you funny or take to you kind of strangely mm -hmm. because they're looking at you like what's wrong with what we're doing now mm -hmm. and what's wrong with just being like fred that's been on the block for 40 years and like Ain't go nowhere no passport going nowhere no passport never gonna do anything what's wrong with me just being fred in 20 years 40 years and they don't understand that they're locked in a state mm -hmm. and i realize that the problem we're dealing with with the i mean because this is just this episode is for the niggas but it doesn't only apply to niggas. It's deeper than that. It's exactly. deeper than that. Exactly. <laughs> we sound we sound like <laughs> I mean it's it's one of those kind of episodes, it's man. Because there's episodes. no other word to there's use for no it. There's no other way to put it. There's no other way but to put it. <laughs> <laughs> so I I know I saw that. Ujjayi to everybody tuning in. Ujjayi, um, everybody that's <laughs> listening. Ujjayi to uh, Warriors Ubukande, Patricia Banks, Demarcus, uh, Red Maat on Instagram. Ujjayi to um, Nico, uh, Terry Shot. Everyone, everyone that's tuning in. I know there's a lot of other people tuned in, but you know, just shout out to the people that have identified themselves and have said Ujjayi. Uh, welcome to the nigga episode if you're just tuning in but um what you were saying made me think of a person though like it's one of my boys and he like he's from sudan actually oh really his his, his family's from sudan and he visits regularly so when he comes back he's but well, he's a nigga like <laughs> when i say like for real for real like mm -hmm. i wouldn't What's his I, name? I probably wouldn't his name is steve oh ain't he the guy that yeah, stole he's, the he's gone. The the Steve. money, no. Maybe, are you trying you, to put that nah, out to the what these people? Huh? Nah, nah, what is wrong huh? with you, nigga? Yeah, why are you trying to put? Steve ain't watching <laughs> yeah. this, bro. Oh, Red Maat said she's Sudanese. 
Shout out to Red Mike. I'm shout out to Red Mike. Yeah, shout out to Steve too. Oh, wow. Yeah. But yeah, Steve is like Steve is like a hood nigga excited. for real, for real. Uh-huh. Like he's not like a normal dude. It's weird. I can't really explain. It. I might ask Steve to come on the show because it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, ask because, Steve to come through because he has the like nigga thing down pat. But at the same time, you can see that there was at some point something else. He got exposed yeah. to like his real family, real shit roots, and it was like, oh okay, like yeah, this is what I came from, mm-hmm. but this is really what I come from. Mm-hmm. And then bridging the gap between the two is like a, it's just one step in a, because now once Steve really started to. Uh, come back to the states and try to expose people here to what's going on there it was almost like his whole thing shifted and now he's like drinking kombucha and trying to be healthy (laughs) but like still a hood nigga like it'll be kombucha and then like some weed like I watch his story it'll be like kombucha weed Sudan like the block with the homies kombucha Sudan Block with the homies we so, so are you saying it's like a weird reality where he can't choose? Nah, I think he's no. just I think he's conscious yeah. of the fact that he doesn't have to necessarily abandon that like uh-huh. how we say like the cradle of birth. Uh-huh. Like he's a nigga. He knows yeah. it though, but he's yeah. not about to be like, Oh well, I'm Sudanese, so I can't act like that. Like mm-hmm. I can't be like that. I can't have that as any part of me. Mm-hmm. Cause then that would be like completely dishonest for him and just like he mm-hmm. would be trying to be something that he's not really. Mm-hmm. So he, I feel like he just he has a good understanding of the two and knows how to bridge the gap between the two. But you can see that it's like a stepping stone. He sees it as a stepping stone to like, okay, I have all of these parts of me. What's next? Mm-hmm. So then that leads me to think that with <clears throat> niggas, right? Mm-hmm. If you're just a nigga, mm-hmm. like. He is lucky enough or fortunate enough to know where he comes from, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But most niggas don't. Exactly. That's true. So then the question then becomes, how do you get a nigga who don't know to see that he needs to know? Well, niggas don't think they need to know. That's, That's the problem. Big problem. That's a big problem. Is niggas think that like, oh, yeah, I'm from 125th in Amsterdam. <laughs> and then he'd be like, oh, you're from... Amsterdam, like Holland, mm. like no nigga, I'm from Harlem, <laughs> like, like, and you like they'll be serious about yeah, it too. Like, yeah, nah, yeah. Like, I, like I ain't never been past 96th Street. Right. I, ne- I don't never go past 96th right. Street because there's no reason for me to go past 96th Street. <laughs> but then it becomes like that becomes like a badge of honor mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. religion of being a nigga. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> this is the thing is like. Because the black culture is so uh, copied and exalted mm-hmm. in so many different avenues and so many different aspects that people are sitting there and they're saying to themselves, like, you know, I genuinely love black culture and mm-hmm. people want to be a part of black culture. Whatever yeah. that is or what that, whatever that means. Yeah, whatever that is, right? Like, they want to be niggas. Like, whether they ever want, like Paul Mooney said, everybody want to be a nigga, but nobody want to be a nigga. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. And <clears throat> that's the thing, is that you have so many people that 
kind of glorified the culture of or the religion of niggas Mm -hmm. and they want to be niggas and then it becomes a part of their identity to such a point where they're like you know what like i'm not going to let go of this or i refuse to let go of this Mm -hmm. so i think the first step and that's why i wanted to talk about this i think the first step is how do you get niggas to break out of that nigga religion can you get niggas to break out of that nigga religion unless they want to break out otherwise no i say no 100 145,000% because it's not it's not feasible it just don't it doesn't even seem real like it's i can say it because I, when i was there and it okay like i grew up kind of like being the like kajazarima would say almost like the the black sheep in a sense mm-hmm. like the i'm bringing up friend. the stuff that don't nobody really want to talk about mm-hmm. you know all this kind of stuff and i remember one time i'll never forget this rest in peace to delo he was a guy that used to live in the area and he was he was like really in it you know going back and forth shootouts all this kind of stuff all types of crazy shit and he ended up getting shot just a few months before that i was visiting my mom one day and he was up the street so i just went up there you know say what's up be in a nigga environment for a few minutes you know kind of feel that for a minute exactly Exactly. (laughs) revert back to the nigga nigga religion real fast so i'm talking to him and I don't know how the conversation got so deep, but for a second, he kind of told me that, like, you know, cause that's what they called me, cause you always been different. And I was like, well, it sort of seems like nobody really ever cared for what made me different. Mm-hmm. But what was like, what is that about? Because I don't get it because it's me. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Why doesn't anybody else care for those things? Mm-hmm. If you know that I'm here and I care about those things, but I can still be like with y'all too. Why doesn't anybody else care for those things? And he was like, really? Like, when you leave, niggas, I have conversations about you. Mm-hmm. And be like, cause just one way. And I don't get it. Mm-hmm. And he was honest with yeah, me. He was first, honest. It was the first time. Bro. It was the first time niggas... <laughs> That are abiding by the nigga oh, religion okay. admit like nigga, bruh. Why is that nigga different? Yo, for <laughs> real. He broke it down to me. He oh, was like, man. Cause you know you just one way, and that's the way that people think of you. Like you're something else. Yeah. And I'm like, bruh, but I lived out in the street. Yeah. Like yeah, I'm here man. in this with you. Yeah. I know what you're talking about when you say what you say, and you know what I'm talking about when I say what I say. Yeah. The code is the same. Uh huh. But somehow I'm not the mm-hmm. same as him. <laughs> like, what is that? Mm-hmm. And he was like, honestly, I really can't explain it to you. And at that moment, I kind of realized, like, damn, it's. I don't think I'll ever be able to get past whatever that is with my own efforts. Mm. Like he'll have to get there on his own. It'll be on him to do that. It's his own, like you know, because it was my own, you know, volition that got me to a point where it was like, all right, I did a little research on the Illuminati one day, and it's more than you know the music business because mm-hmm. they'll they have an understanding at least of like okay, Jay Z, you know, all of these big names, Kanye, blah blah blah. 
they understand that all of them are so far into an industry that there's bosses there too there's mm -hmm. gangs there too mm -hmm. there's mm -hmm. politics and all that stuff inside of that too mm -hmm. so they know once you get to a certain level it's somebody you're gonna have to answer to mm -hmm. and then that becomes like its own little devious secretive thing the same way that it is in the streets but beyond that it's like it doesn't really have any implication on them and how they need to change their lives and like do something different mm. they still even want it because of what it comes with so it's like this catch-22 that you can't really get past with like somebody else's words and i was just like i i mean i appreciate it though I, real talk that was like one of the last times that i talked to him before he died and i was like man as soon as i heard he died i was like damn that's one person that i know for sure he actually at least had the honesty to tell me like as niggas we don't know what's beyond this and we don't even know how to get mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. <laughs> that shit shook my world bro i ain't gonna lie like you know how <clears throat> like at a specific point in time like globally <laughs> like people in the world maybe not everybody but there was like a big faction of the world that thought that like the world was flat mm -hmm. and how like you couldn't go past a certain point or you mm -hmm. would fall off mm -hmm. or like the it, excuse me the mythology of like um or the myths or the legends of like there be dragons mm. like you can't go in over there because there's dragons over there or sea monsters or sea monsters mm. that's kind of the way that the nigga culture yeah functions yeah like that's the way the religion of niggas goes because you <clears throat> function in a way where anything outside of what is considered like the 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 model mm-hmm or what's considered acceptable mm -hmm. within that culture, you're like, nah, like I can't get behind that. Yeah. I can't be that yeah. because I'll get outcasted from the uh -huh. religion. Exactly. I'll get outcasted from the community exactly. where it becomes like a very strange champion, championing of the culture in a way where you're like i don't even know where this culture came from mm -hmm. but i'm in it mm -hmm. and anything that comes to be different from it i just have to ridicule it uh -huh. and i have to somehow trivialize it and i have to make sure i don't allow it to continue mm -hmm. or baraka or mm -hmm. it's like i have to do all these things where it's like <coughs> baraka in order to in order to allow it to continue, mm. in order to allow it to flourish, mm -hmm. and for me to be truly a part of the, the nigga religion, mm -hmm. this is what I must do in order to protect it. Mm. And it's really a sickness. Like when you really, because everything you're saying is just describing, to me, again, it's like goes back to that Stockholm Syndrome mm -hmm. situation. Because you have a, you're dealing with now a group of people who are basically put in a box and then they're taught to be this specific kind of way and then now they're not even able to see beyond that box because anything outside of that box is now sort of like taboo, right? Mm -hmm. Now, to me, that breeds insecurities. Like, it's the same reason why you can see black people, see white people dress in kente cloth 
and get upset, but then they themselves will never wear kente cloth. Exactly. Because they know. And they'll clown you. They will clown you for if it. If you're right. a black person, they'll clown you for right. wearing kente cloth. Right. But then they'll be like, yo, y'all see that white person wearing kente cloth? Mm-hmm. Who the fuck she thinks she is? Because they know deep down they want to wear it, but they can't because yeah, they feel insecure real. about wearing it. Exactly. So it becomes insecurity. So now they put the pride on not wearing it because they feel like they know they can't because they feel they can't. So they put mm. a pride on not wearing it. Mm. So now they champion it to the point where they are, they're actually disrespecting it and disrespecting everything about what they know because they know they should know more. Mm. It's like, it's crazy. And to go back to like healing the way i would answer your initial question is like do i think that people can actually get out of that like niggas can get out of the religion of niggadom mm. i think they can but i think it takes a well, certain it's level possible. yeah it's very possible i think, I think we're all testaments to the possibilities <laughs> but <laughs> right yeah it just it becomes like if they want to right yeah, you're gonna have to want to because it's just gonna take exposure and that's why I think it's so key, not even key, it's so genius in the way the system puts the blocks, right? Because even the wording of it, like blocks, the block, yeah. they're mm -hmm. blocking you into something, mm -hmm. right? Even like a building, like you're staying in it, but it's always, it's building, but it's already built. You get mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like there, mm -hmm. there's like, there's certain ways that they're using certain kind the of language, like, plays language tricks on, on you, you mm -hmm. you're to kind of like get you in a certain psyche right so it's kind of like they're putting you in a trap in which it's almost impossible for you to escape and then they America. make it difficult where you can't even go anywhere to even experience new things because mm -hmm. now you need a passport you need a license you need all these different things to travel and go places mm -hmm. so who the hell wants to deal with all of that most people don't because if you can have easy access to everything that you think you need mm. in your small block mm -hmm. in your small little building or like your little community then you're not gonna go anywhere yeah i when i went to go get my haircut like two days ago i kind of realized that same thing about the exposures because a few days before that i was having a conversation with my man's mitch and he was like you know we gotta work on like walkable communities because there's this idea that the college a college campus is the closest thing to like back home in Africa where you have to walk to get things mm -hmm. like like the most practical way of getting places is just to go like you just walk and you know before the development of like the cars and all that kind of stuff it's just like you just walk and normally everything that you need is in at least enough of a close proximity for you to walk and then get back to your house so you go fetch water come back to your house you go get your groceries you come back to your house you need a goat you go to the farm that's closest to your house you walk back to your house and on a college campus it's kind of like the same thing you don't necessarily need a car to get basically everything you need there's the cafeteria you go eat you come back there's a library you go read you come back you go to class the all dorms. that you come back you know what i'm saying you got the dorm so when i was there i'm because my barber's in the hood i still go back to the hood to get my hair cut and who doesn't <laughs> right you kind of have to you, you can't you can't switch <laughs> i'm gonna go no <laughs> I can't go back. What are you talking about? <laughs> that would be pretty far for you to go. So I go get my haircut and then I walk out. And 
I see like some of the same the the street that the barbershop is on is called Bergen Street, and there was even like a joke back in the day that is Bergen and Lyons Avenue is an intersection. They would call it Begging and Lyon because mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's fiends and yeah, like and Lyon, yeah. regular hood ass people doing hood ass shit on that block. So niggatry. I see. One of my boys, Peanut, his older brother, Shah, I see him on the same corner that I've seen him on for, like, all my life at this point. Like, my whole entire life. And I'm like, man, does Shah know that there's a war in the Ukraine right now? <laughs> does, does Shah know that there's, like... Palestinian a getting Palestinian, killed like, by the Israelis? Or? Does Shah know who made the clothes on his back? Does he know, like, does he know that he has ancestry that's far beyond this place right here? Does he have any idea of those things? And I'm like, damn, like, exposure matters so much. Mm -hmm. Because even me, yeah, I've taken some initiation classes, yada, yada, all that kind of stuff. But without actually going there mm -hmm. and having the exposure and knowing, like, Okay, this ain't what I thought it was. Like it's moving, it's living, it's breathing. It's like an actual culture, culture that you have to fit into with your action. It's not about talking about it, but really being about it. And I'm like, damn, yo, he probably don't know none of that. And he probably. don't care. He doesn't <laughs> he care. He don't care. And, but if you try and bring that to him, it'll be like, man, get the fuck out of here. Cause you got five dollars. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like nigga, what you talk? What the fuck is you talking about, nigga? <laughs> right. Like it's just gonna be some like yeah. get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like just straight up, it's just gonna be like, nigga, what what kind of time are you on right now, nigga? What the fuck are you talking about? Talk. Like that's just what it's gonna be. It's just gonna be people looking at you like, why are you? Mm -hmm. Like what are you talking mm -hmm. about? And what mm -hmm. are you trying to bring around? But me you right know now? what's crazy? You you start to realize that the phenomenon of I don't got time for that is at the basis of a lot of it, because they're trying to get out of that general struggle. Like as always, trying to get the trappings of like well, the they're trying to break dream. out of the traps. Yeah, yeah, but the trap but inside falling into the trap more traps is what mm -hmm. they normally fall into. Exactly, mm -hmm. it's like oh, you need money, get take this job. Yeah, I got you. And then they like they get their check back on Friday, and it's like, what the? F how you take sixty percent of my check for mm -hmm. my taxes? <laughs> and now, oh, I got a kid, so another twenty percent of my check is in child support. And it's like, what am I gonna do with forty five dollars for the <laughs> next week? So I'm about to go sell some drugs because they're right there. Mm -hmm. And then just you know the cycle Same continues. Cycle yeah, I mean, the the interesting part is, like, okay, do people realize they're in that state? That's, like, step one, right? Yeah. And then when you realize you're in that state, now, what are the steps you take to decolonize yourself from the religion of niggas? That's the dangerous part about it, though, because I, a lot of us can realize we're in that state. But the approach we take is victimization of being in that state, Word. which is what you really see a lot in um, social media nowadays. Uh -huh. It's more about us trying to get a foothold in the structure that we deem as the problem. Mm. Like, 
us trying to get a seat at the table of the colonial society. And now it's funny because I was actually thinking about this on the drive over here. I was like, you know, what is really the problem? Like, we as a people, we don't actually try to build ourselves mm. because in building ourselves, it would take us getting rid of what we think is ourselves meaning it would take us getting rid of all the things we've been exposed to in a colonial society and then having to relearn where we're actually coming from or relearn how our ancestors did things in the past and in doing so then we'd have to shift and then now start taking on new habits yeah new ideas yeah. new philosophies new ways of thinking new new eating habits all these different things a lot of things would have to change and people don't really want to do that because then it will disrupt their comfort and once you disrupt your comfort then you start to feel alienated or like alone isolated because those same insecurities about those same things that you don't want to change now start to eat away at you mm -hmm. and i think that's like really the biggest biggest challenge or the biggest one of the biggest traps people inherently know that and they don't want to go that route. So they rather take the route of let me find a way to complain about the system yep. and then make them hear me so they can make me more comfortable being mm -hmm. in the system. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the thing is, is that people will. This is like the <clears throat> this is the difficult part is people don't have the self-awareness to understand that their identity or who they think they are is not who they actually are and it's something that you've learned mm -hmm. and that they don't understand that your identity in and of itself is something that you've attempted to define and something you have you know created within the context of your conditioning and within the context of your environment and within the context of your circumstances mm -hmm. and when you don't have that exposure like you were talking about mm -hmm. to widen your perspective yeah. to widen your you know point of view mm -hmm. then you just will identify with the so-called identity that's been defined or that's been informed or created or insulated by said circumstance by mm -hmm. said environment mm -hmm. by said exposures by said uh you know just um cultural mm -hmm. context that mm -hmm. you exist within and then you're like well anything that comes to challenge that well, i don't want it yeah mm -hmm. i don't want it around me and frankly it doesn't make sense and that's where i think that first kind of like a defense mechanism mm -hmm. that people undertake when they're challenged with something coming to challenge that kind of religion because the reason why we're calling it a religion is because it becomes a way of life mm -hmm. it becomes a way of doing things that you just like say to yourself like hey you know what like anything that comes to challenge it must be bad like i was talking to someone that uh is like a devout Christian the other day, right? Mm -hmm. A friend of mine, a former coworker of mine. Hallelujah. And uh, I just was like, let me kind of go and check out like what is going on in the church, right? Mm -hmm. So I texted her and I was like, hey, I want to start going to church. I want to like discover my faith, right? Mm -hmm. 
and then she was like <laughs> but the thing is is that she like yeah like she, she opened it up yeah, she too. opened it up mm-hmm. and <clears throat> i hope to god she never watches this because i'm about to <laughs> i'm about to read them hope to so, her god huh? hope to her god i hope to her god <laughs> she never watches this so I, don't know. I asked and then i was like what do you get from it if i may ask right and then she said, honestly, it's too much to unpack in one line. Once you, encounter the ex- once you encounter and experience God and the Holy Spirit, your life is forever changed and you know what the truth in this world is. Uh, and then she was like, there's nothing greater than his love. And once you're saved, you see your purpose in life and why you're put on this earth. Saved. And then I was like, so like, I asked her, like, how long did that take? <laughs> and then she was like, well, it depends. For some people, it can happen at once. For others, it depends. It's not a matter of you. It's a matter of when the Holy Spirit comes. And then she was like, you know, well, you'll find out at church. Mm. What, she mean like being taken? I don't know, bro. And then so, but anyway, she was like, um, anyways, I'm glad you have an open mind and come with an open heart. In his perfect timing, you will experience and encounter his love and presence. And then I was like, why do you keep capitalizing the pronouns? Like, because she was capitalizing the pronouns of, like, well, when like she his. was, like, saying his. And then she was like, because there's only one God, and he is the way, the truth, and the life. And then I started asking, like, about the rest of her family. And I was like, is your dad, like, religious? And she was like, no, only me and my mom are saved. And then I was like asking why uh-huh and then she was like uh and i asked i'm like you know she said her dad ha- maybe had a bad experience with christians or something like that and i was like well mm. what is it and then she was like i don't know but he doesn't go to church and then she said if you experience god your heart softens and you start to change not by any means close to perfection but there's something about you that's different and sets you apart from the world. And I couldn't respond to that. Like, I couldn't respond to the thing she was saying. Mm -hmm. And I was just asking questions because I'm genuinely trying to understand, Uh like, how do the machinations, the mental machinations of someone in that Mm -hmm. kind of environment that keeps putting themselves in that environment like what what's going through your brain right Mm -hmm. and that's when i started to realize i was like this person is living ideologies exactly Mm -hmm. like they're not living in reality because Mm -hmm. even like what she's talking about is not connected to reality in any way because it's just like you're just like spewing something that you know in your mind exactly makes sense Uh but then to me doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. so it's an ideology because it only exists in your mind Mm -hmm. it doesn't exist in anyone else's mind Mm -hmm. and i realize that everyone is kind of in that state Mm -hmm. so whether you're in a you know whether you're in the religion of niggas you're in the religion of you know white people you're the, in the religion of crackers. Mm-hmm. You're in the religion of Karens. You're in the religion of whatever, you name it. Like, it just like, you know, whatever helps you sleep at night in terms of putting it into context. 
it's like you live in this kind of environment mm -hmm. where it's like you're self-perpetuating these kind of ideals and these kind of ideologies that you're just like actively manifesting in your life because of the way you're holding them in your mind mm. and then trying to put them into practice mm. and then that's when i realized i was like that's why someone can go to church and then it will be so soft and comforting for them mm -hmm. because they're living such soft and comforting ideologies in their mind mm -hmm. and then the reality is is that nature responds to you and interacts with you based yep. on how yep. you approach it yep. and how you approach the reality mm -hmm. of the environment that mm -hmm. you exist within which is nature mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. regardless of if you think that nature is the netflix dvd that you see on tv with the right. polar bears or the penguins and whatever or the seals or the safaris and the gazelles in africa whatever mm -hmm. like you exist within nature you just exist in a environment has been removed from it mm -hmm. so what's happening is now you've locked yourself in a certain kind of state and then now you're locked in that state unable to kind of break yourself out mm. so for like we said this episode's for the niggas right yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. because we are as black and brown people when we go back to wherever we come from or when we go back to you know like the hood or wherever it is or just wherever we find ourselves there's there's this aspect of like a misunderstanding about you know what is it about you like what you were describing mm -hmm. where they're like no i don't get it mm -hmm. so then i was sitting there and i was thinking to myself i'm like can you reverse engineer that type of kind of process for people that are in that state can you reverse engineer them being able to understand that like you're locked in a state and then there's something you have to do to get yourself out of that state and then somehow now put yourself in a like on a path mm. toward getting out of that state and then now getting into the next state and then now getting into the next state mm -hmm. and then now getting into the next state and so on and so forth do you guys think there's a way to help people understand like you're locked in a state and then now you're going to have to find some way to start that next state or that next step of evolving hmm. And this is how you can do it. Do you think that's something you can communicate to somebody in that state? See, in my mind, I want to say yes, but then I also have to look at the reality of things. <clears throat> and I think that's where things become difficult because oftentimes we tend to look at things from our own perspective based mm -hmm. upon like what we would do. So for me, I would say if I was on the outside, right? and I didn't know you guys, and you guys came to me and, and you were putting certain logic logics to me about life and existence and reality and nature and about how maybe I'm living and about the things I'm doing, I would have already, me being me back then, I would have already been thinking in a certain kind of ways where I would sit down and have those conversations and be like, tell me more. So 
for me, all I was wanting was exposure. Mm. But for some people, they might not want the exposure. So mm-hmm. I have to be real about that. And I think we need to sometimes understand that some people just don't want to be helped. Like, you can only help those who want it. Right. You can only help those who are really seeking it. And you can only help those who truly, truly, truly understand mm. that something needs to change in them for something outside of them to change. And that's where it gets like dicey because sometimes we can kind of develop this kind of weird savior mentality where we want to save everybody, but then not everybody needs to or wants to be saved. So it's it's like a it's a it's a tricky question. It's like a yes and a no, really, because it almost applies to like individuals. It applies to certain groups of people and it might not apply to other groups of people. And like there's some people who are so far in niggertry and in niggerdom that it it just <laughs> negativism. Yeah, negativism, like there's there's no turning back. And then there's some people it's like, yo, if you can really truly understand how to reach this person, for some people it's the logic, right? Like if you hit me with a logic, I'm not gonna refute you. It's like, well shit, nigga, I can't argue with you. But if some people you hit them with some emotional shit, it's like, well damn. That hit me deep. Right. You cut me different. It's like it's it's all different kind of approaches <clears throat> based upon who you're talking to. Hmm. And I think you gotta like really first know and understand who it is you're talking to. That's hmm. even how marketing works. It's like yo, you gotta know your target audience. Like, who, who am I targeting? Uh-huh. What am I trying to sell to them? Mm-hmm. How am I going to sell it to them? What are they going to listen to? Like, but what have they listened to before? Now I think you're hitting it right on the head because it's making me think about the Black Panthers, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Black Panthers marketed the mission of, like, fuck the system. Let's let's kill them the same way that they're killing us. <laughs> we got to get straps and we got to be ready to police our own communities because the police is killing us. Mm-hmm. So black people immediately picked it up. They're like, I bet, no problem. Like, sure, some, but some. It's the ones that was like, okay, I'm ready for something like that. Mm-hmm. Now, the people that, in general, we're speaking of with this talk of like negativism, is because I, it, it is interesting what you just asking like a reverse engineering right so what do they want what are they actually after in life right now right okay they're looking for a sense of that freedom that everybody wants so everybody is being sold mm-hmm. so if you can communicate to them that the freedom that they're looking for is actually another form of the slavery that they're trying to get out of and sort of reverse the role of thinking that going further into it will get you more than turning around and seeing what's behind you mm-hmm. then it's possible on that front i think because that's what the black panthers did it's like don't go further into this don't continue to let the police you know run your societies because they're working for these people and these people don't have your interests your best interests at heart so we live in the community together so mm-hmm. let's just do it together mm-hmm. but i don't think that there's a outside of possibly outside of kepta i don't see any other organization that really decides like okay we'll do this together under a structure that is 
really trying to turn around and see what's behind us. Mm. But outside of that, it it would just be a trap. It would just be another trap. You know, you got Juneteenth festivals and all of this kind of stuff that's happening now, but it's, it's just another form of the same thing. So unless you can actually get galvanize people to come together mm-hmm. to see that, like, yes, we're all already a part of this, but how do we put our heads together to actually make progress in a direction that makes sense to all of us not ending up in the same positions that those people are in that we're trying to free ourselves from because it's the politicians it's the yada yada so if you go into politics you just end up in the same seat and that's that's the tricky part about it because even what you're describing with the black panthers it's like again yeah the 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 trajectory Mm -hmm. it makes sense Mm -hmm. the ideas behind it it makes sense ideologically it makes Mm -hmm. sense but then realistically Mm -hmm. it's like if we police ourselves the model for that policing exactly. is still the system. Exactly. If we have institutions for ourselves, the models for that institution will still the institutions of the system. Mm-hmm. And that's where things get dicey. This is where the logic has to come in. It's like, okay, so where is the model that we're trying to go mm-hmm. with that's going to get us out of this model? Mm-hmm. That's the tricky part. And I think even like with niggas, they people who are stuck in that niggatry, you gotta, even they, at some point, have to agree that that don't make no sense. Yeah. You, well, you have to be able to see that. Have you guys seen that movie Free Guy or something like that? Uh, and it's about, like, the, the guy in the um, the video game, and he learns he's in a video game, and then, like, he learns, like, he's just, like, he's a a playable character in the game mm-hmm. and then he starts trying to like break out of like what's in his programming mm-hmm. in terms of like the things he's able to do in the game mm-hmm. and then he becomes kind of like a self-aware program in the game mm-hmm. and then he starts trying to wake up the other NPCs the right. non-playable characters in the in the game uh-huh. because he's like no it's like your game like no you don't have to like you're a program in a game and like you don't have to keep doing mm, the like, same the thing. same thing like you don't have to keep delivering the mail like mm-hmm. you don't have to keep doing this you don't have to keep doing that and then like that's what the movie's about mm. it's like it's about this thing this character that becomes the program in the game that becomes self-aware and starts trying to break out of it and I think that's the, I think ultimately that's the rub, right? Is that what are you trying to do? What do you see as the next thing that you need to kind of focus on in order, excuse me, in order to get out or in order to kind of propel yourself forward? And I think so many people don't take the time to really think about that because I think so many people are so focused on kind of the 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 basic survival needs Mm -hmm. and they're so busy in trying to do that that they don't have time to think about anything else but that's the that's the the rub that's That's the rub rub right there it's the I don't got time for that that becomes like 
okay, if I'm if I'm going to focus on anything else, it's gonna take my life away. Like that's the idea that rests in the back of every but low key on like just a human being level that's the barbarism that lives like inside of all of us mm -hmm. like if i really put my mind to doing something outside of these habits that i have every day this week to week month to month year by year idea of things that i have like i gotta fit christmas into it i gotta fit thanksgiving into it i gotta do these things in this way that's been given to me once i start to think outside of that it's like where's my life gonna go what's gonna happen to my life and then because it's foreign to you it's like Ah, I'd much rather just have these Oreos and dip them in some milk and don't, and don't use Oreos. I, I like Oreos. You see, you see, we got one. Yeah. We got one. Step four, the congregation will hear your confession of consciousness, your confession of the religion of niggas. <laughs> but it's just that foreign you know territory in your life that you know it it is a very fearful you know territory to kind of step into because it comes with a shift it comes with those changes and you don't know what's going to come out of that like depending on what uh stage you're in in your life like if you feel comfortable because that's even another trap of the system it's like if you get enough money then you can do that kind of stuff no problem you know Big Sean, he was like regular rapper nigga. Now he's like finally a whole tap. Yeah, finally exactly. famous nigga. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's, what he's, that's what he's doing? Bro, he got married to Janae Aiko, had a kid, and now he's like some Zen nigga. Oh, he's whole tepping? I didn't know he was whole tepping. I didn't know that he either. Big oh, wow. Sean, exactly. Wow. That's but why he hasn't put out music in a long time, I'm assuming. Because he's, he's finding himself. Exactly. Wow. Nice. Good for Big Sean. But That's it's great. Like once can I get a million dollars, Big Sean? Can I get a million dollars? He's not finally famous. He's finally hotel. Nah, for real. But it's like, yo, you once you get the bread, then it then it becomes like, oh, okay, I'm 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 good enough to buy you your know, way out. Exactly, you get to buy your way out of it. But the real the real deal, like brain games, are still there because you only did it because of them being able to play you into the portion that part you're still a pawn and you're still telling other people get this amount of money and then you can buy your way out of it it's the same thing as uh that song that j cole song i think the neighbors think i'm selling oh dope. yeah dope. i think mm -hmm. the neighbors think i'm selling it's like you move out, of the, move out of the hood and it's the same bullshit yeah. and you can't buy your way out of it so it's it's the same trap but once you get to a point where you're like okay I, I i know how scary it is i know that it's foreign to me but i'm gonna make this first step i'm gonna take the first step to go towards like something else because like i was saying with my boy steve sometimes i'll look at his story it amuses me a, a little bit because it's like how are you doing this how are you really mixing these two worlds it's even hard for me to do it sometimes mm like but he do he does it so well to the point where it's like amusing to me like man you're really like i can't just call you a nigga anymore now i have to call you a sudanese nigga <laughs> 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 like you're because you're so 
proud of where you come from and you're really promoting it on a, Yo, on the same level as that, you do like the nigga shit that's so hilarious because it's true it's, it's, it's so true going back to what we said in the beginning like yeah. it's a global worldwide phenomenon for real because you got you not even have irish niggas you got japanese <laughs> niggas <laughs> so what you're saying like there's irish people that are adopting so-called religion Bro, of being a nigga. Everybody's adopted the religion of being a nigga. But, uh, but uh, she's trying to get your attention. I think you're. Oh, you're hitting the uh, the Instagram feed. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but wait, what are you talking about? You're just talking about like people just co-opting it, or you talking about like actual niggas in uh, Ireland? I think that's the thing. Like to go back to what we were saying, like people might be a little confused and thinking we're just talking about black people in America, but. To a degree, yes, but then niggadom extends beyond that. It extends beyond race. It's an empire. It's an empire. It is an it's empire. a religion, right? Yeah, it is. It's, 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 it's pretty much conquered the world at this point. Yeah. Like, have you seen uh, like European drill rappers who are like white? Have you ever heard Pete and Bass? UK drill. No. You never heard Pete and Bass? Do I look like I listen Bro. to UK drill rap? <laughs> I'm gonna play some PM Bass. They're these two old white oh, guys. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've just seen those. I thought it was just a joke. Bro. No, bro. It's for real. They're, re- ah. they're, they're two of the top drill rappers in the UK. You get me, but bro. You're talking about the two old ones. Right? Yes, bro. Yeah, but I thought. Yeah. 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 No, I thought. I, I, I thought that was a joke. <laughs> I thought it was a joke. No, it's not. It's not a joke. They they have albums. Yeah, that's crazy. Then there's Japanese niggas. It's to the the point where Japanese niggas are now even doing like some kind of chemical thing to change their hair nappy, like ours. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Like it's 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 a phenomenon. It's a global thing. Yeah, but the thing is, is that like they don't understand that like even because I mean that's what we've been talking about is like people are trying to get out of. Oh, I mean I would say they're trying. But yeah. some people are trying to get out of yeah. it, mm-hmm. like in the kind of like the whole trappings of the light that lifestyle. But that's where the trap lies. It's like now it's promoted as a trend. Mm-hmm. It's popularized to the point where now people are not gonna want to try to get out of it no more because they understand that the youth are going to want to gravitate to it because now it's a global phenomenon. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Mm. It's popular. It's trendy. It's cool to say drive by bang bang, like it's cool. Like Yo, that shit don't. is cool. I want, I was doing research for the yeah. rapid fire earlier, bro. There's a video. Y'all know Fabio Foreign? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah the rapper from, from y'all know Lil Mambo yeah, from Brooklyn. No, okay. No, I don't know who that I is. I knew this was gonna be the surprising part. <laughs> You're Lil like, Mambo. I don't know what ethnicity is, but his skin is white. Uh-huh, okay. okay, his skin is white. Yeah. He has a video with Fabio Foreign. For a song called Teach Me How to Drill. Mm-hmm. The beginning of the video, Lil Mabu is sitting in the chair. He's created a persona for himself where he's like a nerdy white kid. But he's his real life persona is he's like a white nigga. So it's like Lil Dicky almost. No. No? No. Eminem? <laughs> no. What? Beyond that. It's like if you took, if you take, uh, who's somebody good? Machine Gun Kelly? Machine? No, bro. No, I'm just throwing. No I'm just no, throwing no, out white like rappers. No, I don't know. Machine Gun Kelly. No, but awful. it's 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 almost like if you just put I don't know like the most hood little nigga from 
125th that you've ever seen before. Yeah. And you put him in a white body. So it's a it's a hood white dude. It's a white nigga. It's a white nigga. <laughs> but is it a joke or it's not a joke. It's not a joke. Oh, so it's not like a satirical thing. The satire is that he's a white nerdy kid and he's using that now to appeal to, to the white nerdy audience exactly, to spread to, more of the propaganda to say, of niggotry. To say you can do it. Uh-huh. Now oh, in the video, okay, okay, see, there'll see. be parts where Lil Marble will rap up until a point where he's about to say the word nigga. Yeah. And then Fabio Forum will come, come in, and, in say and, nigga, and say nigga and then continue rapping. Yeah. And then they kind of go <laughs> yeah. back and forth like this. And I'm like, oh wow, my God. this is interesting because it's showing how the trap itself self can self-perpetuate in such a way now that okay his maybe his white ancestors were the same ones that enslaved Fabio Flores ancestors and now he's like okay well if everybody in this neighborhood acts like this and I act like this mm. they'll accept me into the neighborhood but I know really what it looks like to everyone else mm. And if I use what it looks like to everyone else to my benefit, I can benefit off both. Mm-hmm. And I get to play both sides of it. So now it's like... I mean, it's like the Eminem thing. It's like Eminem yeah, through and through. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's, it's worse now. <laughs> like, he yeah. got... I'm saying, bro, when I saw the part where he like rapped until he was about to say nigga, mm-hmm. and then the black guy jumped in and said nigga for him, I was like, ah, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting a little sketchy now. I don't know. Bro. Well, that's the thing is like I was wa- like most of the remember I, remember um what's his name Tony or whatever the um the guy that came for the health competition? yeah the guy that came for yeah, the health yeah, competition yeah. he was saying to me he was like you know he's like looking at y'all like the the younger generation like people your age he was like you guys are much more you know unified like mm. you know mm. racially. <laughs> and he was like, because he was like, <laughs> he, no, he, he said it. He said it. He yeah. was like, y'all are much more unified racially. He's like, I see the Indian girls, I see the white lady. Uh-huh. He's like, you know, he's like, this is this is good. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> and then I was saying to myself, I was like, you know, it's interesting because I think about like, like, um, so I'm only three years or I think three years older than my brother. But when I look at my brother and his friends and his kind of like his generation, mm-hmm. only three years apart, right? Mm-hmm. But it seems like a completely different kind of generation almost. Yeah. Because of the way that they all interact with each other, like where everyone wants to be a nigga, but nobody wants to be a nigga. Mm-hmm. So it's like the mm-hmm. way white people kind of like co opt and, ad- and adopt mm-hmm. the black culture yeah. and that. Yeah. But then they don't. Mm, it's mm. like they are much more supportive. Like they're much more in it, mm-hmm. in that they're trying to be it, like a little yeah, Mabu. Mabu yeah. But it's like, but then you're not it, and you know you're not it, but mm-hmm. then you're kind of like trying mm-hmm. to be it. Mm-hmm. So that makes the people who actually are it and stuck in it want to continue to be stuck in it. Because then it becomes. Why wouldn't you? 
they're just copying us yeah right. we're the basis of this right of course we're the centerpiece or the masterpiece of this uh-huh. whole thing uh-huh. exactly which is where you get all these weird ideologies of people <laughs> thinking that black culture is like or nigga culture really exactly. not even black culture there you go nigga culture is the culture that runs the world everybody <laughs> wants to be like the niggers press this for you because we got new buttons that's how. Oh yeah, we got the new sounds. I even I hear what that mic. was. What was that? It's it's master. Now we're talking about. That's, that's how, how evil works. works. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's how evil works. <laughs> I don't have. I don't have. A, that needs to be a little louder. Though. <laughs> I don't have my headphones. So, like, uh, that's how evil works. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yes. I mean, it is. It that really is. That is how it, evil works. It really is. Uh, oh man! Shout out to I see. Uh, Nandelia on Instagram Live. That's my sister. So shout out to my sister. Big up yourself. She's saying everyone wants to be a nigga for popularity, but who really wants to be a nigga when it comes to socioeconomic matters like credit score, police interaction? But yes, Bro. we all gravitate to what's popping in our vanguard, uh, but which is our flavor. We all love niggas, but. And then said, by the way, Irish peoples were definitely considered as the white niggas of European <laughs> Willis Island days. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, they, yeah. They, 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 get a, like, they get a little slight different of a pass. Yeah. Slightly. Slightly. Slight like, different of a pass. I mean, the way, how did that guy put it when we were in Chicago? He was like, uh, it was like, yeah, it was like, man, Irish people, them the niggas of Europe. That's <laughs> like, exactly what he that's said. The way, that's the that's way he exactly said what he said. But, um... Uh, Okay, so we're gonna go to uh, some of the questions on the inst- on not Instagram, on uh, the YouTube. Uh, so there's a question here from Chem Warriors Obukande. Shout out to Chem Warriors Obukande. He's uh, one of our most dedicated uh, viewers and listeners. And he said, "What is your opinion of the Sudanese general?" accusing the United Arab Emirates of supplying paramilitary group, the RSF, the Rapid Support Forces. If it's true, then you was right. How will they respond? So I think what Warzul Bukande is referring to is when we were giving a context to some of the destabilization that had been happening in uh, the... Sahara area of Africa, particularly even the the region of Sudan and also West Africa, where you see there being a destabilization within the region and then there not being a real understanding as to where that destabilization is coming from and what it's about and how you have the, uh, the Arab countries uh, and the Arab-backed uh, agenda coming into Africa trying now to really find their roots within the historical context of Africa so yes uh, it is it is the United Arab Emirates backing the RSF it is you know these different regions I mean these different countries from the Middle East or these Arab countries, let me just say mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. because we don't want to buy into kind of the way that the colonial, the map is divided exactly. in the way that they have us talking about things. Berlin Conference. So, <laughs> you said what? Berlin, Berlin Conference. Berlin dude. Conference, yeah, exactly. So, with that being said, what you're seeing is you're seeing them trying to gain a foothold 
in that area so that they can start trying to, you know, excavate and start archaeology things and things like that because they're trying to do that everywhere because what they're coming to the realization is is they're coming to the realization that the language that they're speaking the language of arabic is not coming from them and is coming from a very specific region in africa and they're trying to figure out where are the origins of their said religion or their said culture because anyone that knows any real history knows that the Arabs were even given certain objects by the Kemetic civilization during certain time periods within the Kemetic, the, when the Kemetic civilization was much more out and about mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as opposed to it being hidden now. And they've held on to those objects and anyone that knows give it back like the real history understands that the reason why even the palestinians and the jews are even fighting is because they've held on to some of those objects and they have refused to give them back so uh yeah it's it's much bigger than just like you know africa just kind of deciding to kind of kick out the uh, the influence of um, and the backing of the Arab uh, the Arab agenda in Africa, and it's it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah. But uh, Kemwar is also saying, um, "What is your opinion on Nigeria and the Kenya bishop rejecting the Pope's stance on blessings uh, for same-sex couples? Is this an opportunity for Africans to get away from the European religion? Hell yeah." <laughs> yeah, because now they're kind of like, wait a second, what? Jesus Get the fuck out of here. Talking about them them and they. Africans are now on some nigga shit. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> then, um, I, I don't know how to say this brother's name, but I think it's like. Atukwe Newell saying, uh, does a group use the same derogatory <laughs> terminology to refer to white people, Asians, I'm assuming Jews, but he wrote news, <laughs> Jews, gays, etc., or do we reserve the inflammatory language for American descendants of Africa? Yeah, I mean, this, this episode's for the niggas, so... Specifically. Like, specifically for the niggas, so, like, um, you know... You got to be able to reach people, you know, how they need to be reached and you got to be real about it. So at the end of the day, like we're not here trying to, uh, you know, adopt a certain disposition of intellectualism where we're going to sit here and then, you know, disassociate ourselves from the way people are genuinely living and the way people are genuinely mm -hmm. functioning, mm -hmm. trying to fit into some sort of idealism that you're trying to get us to fit into. So, and I think uh, he missed the entire point yeah, of, the the episode, point exactly. of the episode. And we explained even what you're even talking about. Like, <laughs> yeah, we so. just explained that. So, I, mean, so, I don't know what to tell you, bro. I think to... to if you're still watching, yeah, if you're still way. there. So, your choice of the word derogatory, right? I think you need to really look at the fact that one, 
for one, maybe you don't understand some things that we understand about this culture and how it functions. Or even that word. Or yeah. that word itself, right? Because in the comedic traditions, and this is kind of just for everybody, in the comedic traditions, you'll find that sometimes you'll see it now in like the military. You'll join and they'll give you like a derogatory name. They'll give Even you like a, a name, the mm-hmm. nickname, just to like poke at something that's weak about you, like a weak uh, area that you have. Like and in Full Metal Jacket, they call it the fat guy piggy or something like that. Right. Because right. fat. Jarhead, yeah. you know, all of those kind of movies. So, yeah, it's it's really a thing where, like, you have to realize, like, even if somebody is picking at something, because nine times out of ten, when I do say nigga, I'm, I'm saying it in that way. Like, yeah, there is some funny shit about you, nigga. <laughs> it's something that you might just have to look at. But I'm not saying it to hurt you. Yeah. I'm saying it maybe to poke at it. And if yeah. we can both poke at it in the same way, then we we understand each other. We have an understanding of the culture. But when you take it too far, then you become that nigga that yeah, exactly. everybody's looking at. Like, what are you talking about? Like, exactly. Some derogatory shit. Like, nigga. That's just, again, stop. again, it's an insecurity thing. Because exactly. you even like we sat here and we spoke about it, and it wasn't necessarily directed in that way. Exactly. But you have an insecurity in yourself about feeling like you are that way, or feeling like it's derogatory towards mm-hmm. you and derogatory towards a certain demographic of people. Right. So then now you exhibit that insecurity, and now you're putting that on us when that's not what we were even talking no. about. You completely missed the whole entire point. Like the problem is this: people need to get out of the labels and the derogat their own idea of derogatory that's been given to them by the society and by this system. Because if you really truly understand what we were talking about, then you wouldn't even have made that comment. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you missed the whole point. The whole point being is that we said this episode was for the niggas, so the white niggas, yeah, the Asian like, niggas, if the Jew niggas. If you ain't a nigga, you ain't gonna get it. Like, and you obviously ain't a nigga. Like, so, uh, <laughs> next question. Uh, where is Ubukande? Wait, so the world is not flat? Please explain. I don't know what is the world. No, the world is not flat. Come on, man. Yeah. Come the world on, is man. not flat, man. No. Yo, let me talk about this real quick. Really quick. <laughs> don't, really please quick. Don't. I'm not gonna go, go I'm yeah. not gonna go far. I'm not gonna yeah. go too long. No, I'm just hilarious. It's just hilarious because at one point, like I was researching this flat earth thing. I'm like, what is this people talking about, right? Uh-huh. I'm like, let me let, it's, it, maybe there's something to it. Let me just get to it. <laughs> so the more and more and more I researched it, the more I realized niggas was just saying some shit that didn't really necessarily make sense. So now I realized that they were taking like scientifical things and then trying to like revamp it and make it sound real. Mm. Then I started to research the reality or where it came from. So I realized it came from a one group in Europe mm. where niggas put out an experiment. And the experiment was supposed to be a social experiment where they were going to fool people into believing the earth was flat because they wanted to see how gullible people Uh, were so they put this experiment out as a social experiment and then one guy took it so far that he created an entire organization based off of this social experiment (laughs) 
And then all these theories and conspiracy theories started flooding the internet for years mm. based off of a group of people's social mm. experiment. And even they were like, yo, we didn't even, th- this shit has gone too far. Right. <laughs> he wasn't even crazy. one of the original members. Well, and he like took it What's over. that saying? It's like a lie will make it make its way around the world before the truth has the ability to put its pants on word Word. so (laughs) but yeah bro we figured out it was not flat a very long time ago we knew it was we knew it was circular in the spare when people other people were still thinking it was flat but aqua ao says i'm a bit confused say you oh (laughs) i thought it was was when i read it yeah i thought it was yeah i I didn't know that's the way you spell queer. Um, is can we explain how nature responding to you interacting with it? How is that different from the law of attraction? It's different because the law of attraction is about being able to just force the reality to manifest things into your life. Because I want it so. Bad. Because you want it, like you, you just can. You can you can force the reality to manifest what you want instead of understanding that the reality only interacts with you based on the way you interact with the reality so you telling the reality like okay now you're gonna listen to me and i'm gonna force you to like bring into existence what i want you to bring into existence (laughs) then the existence is just gonna be like okay no problem (laughs) But then that means that like that's not the way that the existence actually functions. Because there's like the way the existence genuinely functions, and then there's like the source code of the way that it functions, and then there's like that, and then in the source code there's a kind of like failsafe that's there to ensure that you technically have to abide by the by the environment. So then the way you kind of approach the environment will determine the way that the environment interacts with you. But it doesn't mean you're any closer to the actual source code. Does that make sense? Like it's there kind of like as a deterrent, for lack of a better term. Yeah, funny story. I, I hang out with this... Uh this family sometimes and this family yeah, yeah. this family it's a family right? i don't know where okay. you're, i don't know where right. you're going with this okay so there's this kid right his name's hauti and <laughs> he'll always ask his mom okay. he'll be like he, he won't ask he'll be like i want a sandwich <laughs> and she'll be like good for you <laughs> she, but it's a it's a beautiful life lesson in the same thing that you're saying because it's like who cares that you want a sandwich? Okay, bet that's great. I want one too. What are we gonna do? <laughs> so he has to go back and think like, oh, can I have a sandwich, please? Uh huh. <laughs> and then it's like, oh yeah, sure, no problem. But like, how are you interacting with the things that are around you? Are you just expressing exactly. what you want, or are you actually gonna like have the questions and the functionality that gets you there? Mm-hmm. Is that the way you spell your name, like Aqua? No, that's just how I spelled it on. Uh, cool. Okay, gotcha. Um, <laughs> I want a sandwich. <laughs> I want a sandwich. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> that's like a, that's like a true like husband and wife interaction. Like, 
on a sandwich. Good for you, you old bastard. <laughs> All right, so then, uh, where is Ubukande? Does Kepto or traditional institutions, especially in Africa, have more ground to gain now than the young population demanding extreme change and a fair say in the economy and politics? Does Kepto consider the Madu, Madu natured language heliographic as a pan Africanism continental language? What? Yeah, I mean it what? is. It's, it's like I get what you're going. <laughs> I get where you're going. Heliographic. Yeah, it's, it's the. I think he means like, is it the indigenous language of Africa? Yeah, it is. Oh, it's the indigenous oh, language of Africa. Oh, yeah. okay. It's the indigenous language of Africa, and does Kepta? Um, yeah, we do. We do have more ga- ground to gain. It just more so that like you know people are getting swallowed up by the nigger religion every day. Every so day. Mm-hmm. you know. Like it, it goes, it comes and goes. Um, let's see, is there anything else? I don't think you answered his Madu question. It, it no, I did. I said it's the it's the language of yeah, it's the indigenous language of of Africa. Mm-hmm. It's the indigenous language of the world. It's the first language of the world. It didn't come from us. It came from the gods. Um. Uh, hold on. I think. I think that's it. Right. Yeah, Kem Warrior was asking, what's the name of the movie? I already answered that. Um, and then uh, Matthew Ruta is saying, Ujjayi Head Mur, do the ancestors bring us the challenges to face to wake us up? First and foremost, please don't <laughs> do that. Just You could just say, you just say, you just say to Tifsa. Or if you want to go about it structurally, you know what you how, how you can say it. But like, yeah, you don't have to do that. We don't do that here. Like with the whole OJ, OJ, like where you put the like. Man, I would like to request. Oh man, I'm sorry. A meeting. You got me out here feeling like I'm. Uh, T'Challa and Black Panther when, <laughs> when the guy walked up and then Mar- he was like, he he was like we, don't, we don't do that here. We <laughs> issue oh, a challenge. Like, yeah. No, my dear. But uh, yeah, the ancestors bring us challenges to face to wake us up. Absolutely, because challenges are there to force you to grow. So like, if I'm struggling with something in my life and because I'm a human being, I'm going to be struggling with something because if I'm not struggling, then I'm not you know, mm-hmm. I'm not going through the process of being a human being. So I can always tell when, like, I'm doing good in my life when my life gets harder. If my life's not hard, then I'm not evolving. I must be doing great. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, we're doing, I must be we're doing, doing We're doing great. I'm doing Look, amazing. We're doing great. <laughs> like, because that's the thing, though, is that, like, if it's not difficult, then that sign yeah, of like something's some, wrong. Mm-hmm. Look for, yeah. Like mm-hmm. then you're like, oh no, this is too easy. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. if it's hard, then you know. Pause. Uh, <laughs> if if your life is difficult, <laughs> if your life is difficult, then that's how you know things are. You know, like you're on the path of evolution. So yeah, absolutely. Ancestors put challenges in your life to help you evolve and to help you grow. So yeah, uh, that's even a segue to niggerdom. Get all right. 
<laughs> you know what? Never mind. I had a point, but never mind. Never mind. A word from our sponsor. <laughs> Here you go, sir. I'm so tired of reading reading it. I'm like, now we need to do like the pre-recorded one pre-recorded, where we just like yeah. play it. Yeah. <laughs> like, but we're doing it on air because it's on air. So, sauce, hot sauce began in 2007. I was in like. I was in the eighth grade. Two thousand and seven. I was in high school. I was. I was my sophomore year of high school. I wish Freshman I knew about this in two thousand and seven. I wouldn't have taken it seriously. You wouldn't. You wouldn't Bruh, have. I was so far in my yeah. nigga religion. I would have. <laughs> I. I don't know. Nigga. Maybe. Two thousand seven was the year that I found the movie Zeitgeist. Oh, oh on MySpace, and I oh, swear yeah. to God, my life changed. Oh. <laughs> Wait, two thousand and seven uh-huh. is the year that I found. There is a guy. This is like this is what I was thinking about. I should have shared this story earlier, but I didn't. But now that you, mm-hmm. I don't. know. Did you finish your point? Though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, 2007 is when I. Okay, so me and my friend Blaine. Shout out to Blaine. I know you're never gonna listen to this, but shout out to Blaine. <laughs> I'll see you when I come to Texas at some point. And um, we were at Albertsons, and we were trying to get someone to buy us beer because we're like 15 right Mm -hmm. and so (laughs) there's this black dude that works at albertson's albertson's is a grocery store Mm -hmm. in texas right just like a like a ralph's and if you're in california or like a stop and shop Mm -hmm. or you know whatever like one of those (laughs) 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 so anyway um (laughs) we Blaine says, hey, let's ask this black dude to buy us beer. Because mm-hmm. he works at Albertsons and he's just stocking the fridge. So mm-hmm. Blaine walks up to me. He's like, hey, bro. He's like, he buy his beer. And then he kind of looks at us and he's like, all right, I'll buy, I'll buy y'all beer. And so we wait for him to get off work. And then he comes outside. He hands up. He buys the beer. We give him the money. He buys the beer. He comes outside. He gives it to us. And he's like, what the fuck y'all about to go do? And we're like, we're going to go drink. And he's like, oh, I'll kick with y'all. <laughs> and so, like, us being, like, 15, 16, like, right. we don't even think, you know, it wasn't right. a red flag. Actually. It was a green flag. It would have been a red flag. It would have been a red flag in any other instance. Right. But, like, you know, but I'm also, like, I I was relatively big. I was still, I was, like. Yeah, like trying pounds. Would just be yeah, I was still two hundred pounds, like fifteen. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's like you're gonna right, get right. like mm-hmm. Blaine is a, so he's kind of like the Karate Kid, uh, like so it's like we're good, but like we're the kind of kids that like the watch automatically becomes a uh-huh. uh, like brass knuckles. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So exactly. it's like yeah, like yeah. you're in for a you're in for a rough <laughs> right. time if you think you're gonna just take us for <laughs> understood. Yeah, right. take us, right? But then so but there was another guy that we knew that was like a, a, he was like a straight loser because he <laughs> was hanging out with high school kids yeah. and was like a grown ass man, right? I'll drink with y'all. But he was cool though, the other guy. And so he worked there at Albertsons with him, so mm-hmm. he was cool too. So we're kicking it with them because there were some other people that we knew that had already graduated high school mm-hmm. that were like the older brother of some of the people that we were still in high school with. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like those kind of people. So anyway. Mm-hmm. So we're kicking it with the dude, right? And then he starts like talking and like kicking knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. I love those kind of conversations. And so he at this is the time when like 
I got I saw the light. Mm. I got saved mm. out of the nigga religion. <laughs> mm. And so he put me on and he was like, hey, man, he's like, you ever read 48 Laws of Power? Mm. He mm. put me on the 48 Laws of Power. He put me on a Machiavelli. Mm. He put me on to like how Shakespeare wrote the Bible, like huh. the Illuminati, huh. like the whole, the whole right, shebang. Right. <laughs> so that's when like, you know, I started kind of like looking in that direction for things, like kind of looking for more outside of the lies that we were being told. Mm -hmm. And that was like the first step out of the nigga dome. Mm -hmm. That was like the first step. Mm -hmm. Exposure. And his name, I'll never forget his name because it was like out of fucking Shakespeare thing or like <laughs> something else. His name is Mariante. Ma <laughs> so, what? Huh? Mariante. Mariante. Is he yeah. Spanish? Like no, it's a black dude. What? Are you listening to the story, bro? It's he could a black be Spanish dude. and black. No, he's a black dude. He's a. He it could be Dominican. Dominican. That's, that's like a Puerto that's Rican, like Hispanic, and, and Italian. Mariante. But yeah, um, it's interesting because like then like a few times he'd be like, "Hey, bro," he's like, "Can you go take me to see my parole officer?" Because mm. he was a he was a parolee, mm. and he was in he was in prison for some time. Cause we used to ask questions like, so didn't people really get raped in jail? And he was like, he was like, nah. He's like, that shit don't be happening unless you like trying to get that shit to happen or some shit like that. And like, but it was like, just like when you're 16 and then you are able to meet someone that's with different life experiences than you, and then you're like, oh, let me take advantage of this to like right. learn some shit. But yeah, just a just a brief. Anecdote, but yeah, 2007, I mean, man. 2007. It was a year. It was a year. It that was, was around year. that year, man. It was a year. 2007. It's funny you said that because when you mentioned that, I rem immediately remembered that is the same time I saw the zeitgeist too. Mm -hmm. You see that yeah, literally. It's like, yeah. oh. It must have been something in the air mm -hmm. at that time yeah, that kind of forced the you know those who were. It's Many are called, but few are chosen. It's the ones that were called. The yeah. same friends Awaken. I was talking about that I would sit and smoke and talk all this shit with. Uh -huh. It was like one of them's older brother was actually the one who told us about Zeitgeist. Uh, and we would sit around and smoke it. And then they would all be sitting there like it, that, that friend's old. Yeah. Like he was like, yo, bro, I don't think we should be watching this shit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> this shit kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's get through this so we can do sauce, hot sauce. <laughs> But yeah, in 2007, mm. <laughs> when we were having our Get Out of Niggadom 101, <laughs> and a small group of students was also traveling in West Africa, and they were trying to think of ways to support charitable projects. One of the students traveling happened to be an artisanal hot sauce chef. Bling! The light goes off, and right there, Saz Hot Sauce was born. <laughs> Since then... Saz Hot Sauce has prided itself on making exceptional artisan hot sauces with high quality ingredients to support good causes. We continue to do this with the best and tastiest offering of sauce flavors to date with a focus on supporting displaced families in the Fada and Gorma region of Burkina Faso with the revenue from our sales. Saz Hot Sauce. Get you some. Get, Get you, you some, some sauce hot sauce, man. Yeah. Get you some. Um... Yeah, so with that being said, uh, we can just hop right into rapid fire. What? Rapid fire? No, that was I was playing that for you guys. I didn't actually 
have We him. should do that though. We can do it. Yeah, we should put that as one of the buttons. And rapid fire. Rapid. Just A Z saying rapid fire. All right. Oh. You good? <laughs> so all right, I'm gonna turn your mic on. Ready? Your mic is on. Okay. Uh so first up for rapid fire, we have teenage super hacker sentenced to life in hospital. Man. So a GTA 6 hacker was handed a hospital order. His name was known as Lapsus. Um, no, I think the organization, oh, no. the organization, organization is Lapsus. The organization yeah. is known as Lapsus. Is an international extortion-focused hacker group known for its various cyber attacks against companies and government agencies. The group was globally active and has had members arrested in Brazil and the UK. It's attacked a number of organizations, like the Brazil's Ministry of Health, Okta, which is an identity and access management company, Navita, Samsung, T-Mobile, Microsoft, Uber, and Rockstar Games. Um, they cost 2022. That's a, that's a that's rap some, sheet. That's, that's some one year. In 2022, yes. Um, and that was all in one year, costing near 10 million to the firms over the course of 2022. Damn. So one of the members, Arian Kurtage from Oxford, who is an autistic person, was a key member of the international gang uh, Lapsus. And the judge said that Kurtage's skills and desire to commit cybercrime meant he remained a high risk to the public. He will remain at a secure hospital for life unless doctors deem him um, no longer a danger. Doctors deemed Kurtage unfit to stand trial due to his severe autism, so the jury was asked to determine whether or not he committed the alleged acts, not if he did so with criminal intent. A mental health assessment used as part of the sentencing hearing said he continues, continued to express the intent to return to cybercrime as soon as possible. <laughs> the jury was told that while he was on bail for hacking Navita and BTEE in a police protection at Travelodge Hotel, he continued hacking and carrying out his most infamous hack. Despite having his laptop confiscated, Kurtage managed to breach Rockstar, the company behind GTA, using Grand an Amazon Thunder. Fire Stick. His hotel TV and mobile phone. This guy's a genius. Yo, he hacked. He's into, a okay. genius. So he hacked into like Rockstar, Rockstar Games. Game. So that's the game company that does Red Dead Redemption, Grand Theft Auto, Grand Theft Auto, uh, Max Payne. They're the ones that did those games, right? They do the big Yo. games, right? So he hacked in and then released the trailer for the new Grand Theft Auto game. Mm. And released it online with a fire stick, a TV, and a cell phone, bro. <laughs> Not even with a computer. These are the kind of friends that I, I, I would I really wish I was friends with. Really <laughs> I know, have. I want to go break him out of this. Uh, Yo, for real. And be like, hey, Listen. man, he's like, and I'm going to tell him, I'm going to be like, sell me like $50 million. Like right now, bro. And then immediately, I'm gonna transfer that. I'm gonna go and withdraw like as much money as I can in Africa, and then I'm just booking it, yeah, bro. I, I'm not gonna say what I want to say because what I want to say would be very self-incriminating at this point. So yeah, I mean, don't just dry snitch on. on yourself. <laughs> but let's just move you on. know, the, the but most these are kind of friends that I really, really, I wish I really, really, really could. Want I wish I knew this kid. I wish I knew this kid. Oh my 
The funniest God. thing about the whole article to me, though, is that it made it glaringly apparent that in the system that we're in, a hospital is the same thing as a jail. Yeah, it is. Mm. It's a jail. Is it? It's a jail it is. where you can sort of like maybe die comfortably. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it's nothing more than that. Well, mm-hmm. they just can't put the kid in jail. Why not? Because he's he's autistic. Autistic, bro. So what? Does because that he's like super autistic. Basically, that's what they're saying. Why isn't there a special part of the jail for super autistic kids? Yeah. It's only because, look, this is what they're going to do with this kid, right? They're going to lock him away in this hospital right. until he's willing to work for the government. Yeah, yeah exactly. Basically. Exactly. That's it. That's yeah. it. They're just going to be like, are you willing to work Yeah, like with you want to do it so well, you bad, to we'll give you a us? job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll give you a job. Sure. And because every company you listed, NVIDIA... That's the company that's responsible for making chips for computers. Exactly. Mm. Microsoft, Samsung. 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 When I saw that, bro, one, I was like, "Oh, bro, you know Samsung oh. has an army." Samsung has a military. Yeah. They have an army. They have a military. In a city. Yeah. In a Samsung. In a seventeen-year-old cracked yeah. their system. An autistic seventeen-year-old kid. Exactly. Yeah, but don't. I'm telling you, you can't that's the sleep thing. on them. Exactly. You cannot sleep on these <clears throat> like hackers. Bro. That's why I'm always super nice to people that handle tech. You piss mm-hmm. off the wrong person. Mm-hmm. There are only a few people in the world that you gotta be careful with. People handle your food. Right. People that handle your tech. Mm-hmm. And people handle your spirituality. <laughs> be, very, be very careful. Two out of three. Yeah. Be very careful. Two out of three. Yeah. Be very careful. Like because man, like yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yo, that movie, that yeah, movie is wild. That, um, Leave the world behind. I know exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why I'm it's like, like it's oh, that's that new Netflix out. thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. you seen it? No, nah, not yet. You so it's about it. it's crazy, man. It's, that's it. the first movie I've seen in a long time that scared me. Mm. Like I haven't been scared watching a movie in so long, in like maybe 15 years. And that's the first movie, not even 15, maybe like 20 years. And that's the first movie I've seen in a long time that I got scared. And it's because it's about what would happen if they shut down everything technologically mm. everything mm. what would happen they shut down the banks the cell phones the internet because mm. i started thinking about it, i'm like damn i'm watching this on my phone right now <laughs> <laughs> and then i was like so you're telling me the wi-fi would be out i'm like and then i wouldn't be able to watch this and then i'm like i'm like but then i would try and call somebody and then I'm like, but I can't call anybody. <laughs> and then I was like, so then I would try and text somebody. And then I'm like, you can't text nobody. Not happening, bro. And then I'm like, and then what if they shut down the electrical system in the car? And then I just started thinking about it and going through it. And I was like, I need to leave this place. <laughs> I was watching this at like 3 a.m. I was watching this at 3 a.m. I, like, I was in my room. I was by myself. And I was sitting there. And I was like, I'm scared. And then I was like trying to like I tried to go back. I like kind of stopped watching it and then tried to turn on, uh, (laughs) tried to turn on like Star Wars. I was like, just zone out, zone out. (laughs) But then I was like, something in me was like, go back and watch that movie. Watch it again. So I went back and I watched it, and I was just like, yeah, this is insane. 
And the best way I could put it is like the way the guy put it in the movie, he's like, no matter how high or how powerful you think you are in this world, when something like this is about to happen, the only thing you can ask for is a heads up. up. Mm. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Damn. That dark. I was like, I Damn. swear to God, I hope that never happens. You're right. Damn. It's it's scary. But yeah. it's a good movie. A it's lot a of good, people yeah. a lot of people are hating on it because they don't like how it ends. But if you actually are Think paying about attention uh-huh. to what the movie is really exactly. talking about, then the ending you don't even give a fuck about how the movie exactly. ends. By by the part where the movie is just about to end, you like however this ends, I don't care because mm-hmm. I got the message. Exactly. <laughs> I know I was like, I need to get up out of here. Well, I need to go to Africa. I need to move back to Medita. I mean, technically, I did move back to Medita, but I got to be here for stuff. But yeah. <laughs> next. Next. Okay. Um, next up is Kanye. Again. Kanye goes off at his album launch yeah, party. But he went off well. Rapper Kanye West took time out of his album launch party early Friday morning to make some hot comments about several former former business partners, also seizing the moment to make sense of some past comments about the Jewish and make a series of new claims about the Jews. Hmm. Within the first few minutes, he expresses an anger toward the Jewish community, saying that he doesn't want to hear any of them claiming he's he's having an episode. (laughs) A repeated thread in the speech is that Kanye himself is alone in all of his struggles against the powers that be mainly because when he is fighting for something, whether it be custody of his children or speaking out against those Jewish people controlling the music, banking, medical, and several other industries, none of the people who claim to be with him are following through for the entirety of the fight. He calls out several people during his speech with blatant FU to names like Balenciaga, Gap, Adidas, Mav Carter, who is the host of the show, The Shop who had Kanye's episode cut because of comments he made about the Jewish community. Sierra Canyon School for being a Zionist organization and many others. Damn. I mean, if you listen to the video and what he was saying, <clears throat> he's spot on with a lot of stuff. Spot on. And you got to understand, like, he's somebody that's exposing things from the inside. Mm-hmm. Like, he's in these circles. Mm-hmm. He's, like, in the upper echelon of these so-called sit like communities so-called societies that like they tell you don't exist and then try and confuse you with the concept of conspiracy theories Mm -hmm. he's in these circles and he's exposing these things and to the initiated you understand yeah to the uninitiated you call them crazy Mm -hmm. so you know, be very careful about who you choose to call crazy. Cause seems like mm. that's the only reason why he's even still alive. It's because they've allowed, or they've convinced enough people to think he's actually he's crazy. actually crazy. Yeah. I mean, he is. <clears throat> so let me tell a story, right? There's a there's a guy that went and he was dealing with an issue, and he was given a he went to see a diviner to get a solution Mm. and so the man said in order to solve your situation what you have to do is you have to take this uh 
objects that I'm giving you, right? Mm -hmm. And you have to go give it to a person that's crazy. Mm. And Mm. you have to find someone that's crazy and give it to them. So he's on the street trying to find a crazy person. And he notices there's a homeless person on the street. (laughs) And the homeless person is talking to themselves. Mm -hmm. And he keeps watching the homeless person go back and forth, talking to themselves, going back and talking to themselves. And the homeless person starts noticing him, too. So the homeless person starts watching him, watching him, right? And eventually, the homeless person says to the man, what do you want? And he says, well, I was given this thing and I was told to give it to a crazy person. And he said, I'm not crazy. He said, a crazy person is someone that can't control their emotions. Mm -hmm. And the next thing he knows, he sees someone fighting and can't control their emotions. Mm -hmm. And he hands it to them. He hands them the object. Now... Kanye is not crazy in that sense. Kanye is crazy because he's having a difficult time controlling his emotions. Mm -hmm. But he's not crazy based on the things he's exposing. Don't think Kanye is crazy. Kanye is having a difficulty controlling his emotions, but he's not. He's just exposing things from the inside based on things that are legitimately going on. Right. I'm not saying everything he's saying is true because he's inaccurate about some of the things, but he's spot on about a lot of the things. Which is, mm-hmm. which is a normal phenomenon for exactly. someone who's so far steeped in their emotions. Yeah, you probably have a lot of the facts down, but the fact that you are emotional and you're expressing it from that standpoint, mm-hmm. you kind of get lost in some of the extracurricular, maybe true, maybe not probably opinionated mm-hmm. things that you know are a part of it so yeah man my guy Kanye the, the nigga them still got him a little bit <laughs> <laughs> the niggas next <clears throat> okay Zuckerberg bunker under development in 2015, the Facebook founder, Mark Zuckerberg, one of the richest men on earth, announced that he would be giving away the bulk of his wealth during his lifetime. One of the main goals of his charity, he wrote in a public letter to his daughter, was promoting equality. Today we are robbed of the potential so many have to offer, he declared. The only way to achieve our full potential is to channel the talents, ideas, and contributions of every person in the world. Now in homage to this admirable ideal, Zuckerberg is offering the underprivileged residents of the Hawaiian island of the Kauai the chance to live up to their full potential, to wit, building a lavish ultra-luxury compound where Mark Zuckerberg can hold up and survive the apocalypse while the hordes of normal people perish. As the journalists leave the world behind. (laughs) There you go. As the journalist Guthrie Sh- oh gosh, these names. Screamagor details in a staggering investigative story for the Wired magazine, Zuckerberg has spent almost a decade buying up land on the island for the construction, now well underway, of a sprawling 1,400-acre compound of mansions, tree houses, and tunnels. 
The crown jewel of the $270 million project is a 5,000 square feet underground shelter with its own energy and food supplies and what appears to be a blast resistant door. So he's giving people a chance to express their genius by building his compound for him? No, I think what no. he's doing, right? He's, he's like, okay. He's kicking people out. He's basically like, all right, the natives, y'all gotta move. Get the fuck out. I'm about to build this thing, but I'm gonna give you the potential to be everything that you can be. So he's gonna build the compound that makes it look like, okay, I'll let y'all be in here with me. But really, it's like, if it goes down, I'm going into the bunker that's underneath all of it. So realistically, the whole thing is just for him to have a bunker to hide out when shit is going down. But it's like, I'm going to make the whole compound on top of it to make it look like it's for everybody. You know, I don't understand people like that. Maybe, I don't know. I don't understand people like you this. understand <laughs> because here's the thing, right? Mark Zuckerberg. I, 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 I'm I honestly think, not I gonna understand. <laughs> here's the thing, though. But if you have this <clears throat> amount of money, right? I would have done the same shit. If I was Mark Zuckerberg, I'd be like, "Yeah, y'all niggas can live up above ground with me, no, 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 but y'all niggas ain't coming underground." And some shit pops but send, send, send. Look, look, hear me out, hear me out. He basically built an underground city. It's enough space to fit thousands of people what the hell are you doing in that by yourself <laughs> wondering <laughs> for the next 10 years yeah but he's gonna bring who he wants facility. to bring Come he's on. not gonna bring you yeah he's not gonna bring us yeah we're not invited bro do you know mark zuckerberg no i don't okay if you had a if you had an underground bunker would you be out in the streets the let's say there's like a <laughs> right, there's like right, there's right. some shit that's popping off right let's hit you with your logic right no 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 my logic nah, is based nah, on nah, no, nah. no 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 i thought you said i thought the story just said he's building it for himself and himself only no but no, it's under bro. the guys that like okay it's for him and his um him and his okay it's, charitable. Him and his. it's a charitable okay act. yeah Hawaiian underprivileged people. So it's just what rich people always do. They build a charity and then oh, they get the exactly. money from the charity to do what they really want to do. There you go. There you go. If I'm Mark Zuckerberg and I'm building that, I'm not. None of y'all niggas is coming with me, bro. I get what you're I'm saying. Bringing, I feel I'm you. bringing me and mine. To I feel the family. And then even the people that helped me build it get out. I feel you. <laughs> like you're gonna do the same thing. Keep it real. I feel you. That's uh, that, like, that's y'all Hawaiian niggas need to get out. See that right there? That that's what you just said right there. That's how Americans, or let me say this: the people who established the founding fathers who established this, because you know a lot uh -huh. of niggas they always say we mm -hmm. built this shit. Yeah. But it's, I heard somebody say one time, it's like, listen, bro, if I paid a contractor to build my house, I'm not expecting that motherfucker to, to come stay. and live in that shit with me. <laughs> so you can claim you built this shit all you want. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but mark zuckerberg you know uh, you're rich enough do what you gotta do bro it's your money <laughs> next <Yeah. laughs> that's the best argument i've heard for 
for why we need to get the fuck out of here in a long time. <laughs> okay, 3D print homes are on the horizon. Oh, Tech with 3D. Um, is printed homes by this company named Tekla, which will be the first house entirely 3D printed using locally sourced clay, a biodegradable and recyclable material which will effectively make the building zero waste. It will be built to adapt to multiple environments and it will be suitable for the self-production through the use of 3D printing company Wasp and its innovative maker Economy Starter Kit used to make the models for the clay homes. This approach will limit industrial waste and offer, and offer a unique sustainable model that will boost the national and local economy, improving the well-being of communities. Interestingly enough, WASP also unveiled a project they did for a Dior pop-up shop in Namos Beach, Dubai. So the sustainability seems to be sort of playing both sides of the field. You don't say. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say to, um, you know, the people that are kind of hoping on 3D printing and all that kind of stuff, because, you know, like, just, yeah, man, go for it. Just another <laughs> money-making business, bro. <laughs> like, I, I find it funny, though, because I think, like, last week, people were talking about Earth ships and shit, and I always find it hilarious how people are now starting to come and trying to reinvent what our ancestors have Thank already you. done. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It's like you're trying to make it this new modern way to make it seem glamorous when all you're doing is saying like, look, clearly what we did ain't working. Exactly. What they did back then is it still, still works. Exactly. So, so let's, let's do just it. do it. But let's just make it seem more fancy. Right. Exactly. And, right. and charge higher for it. It's like earth ships, uh, sustainable living, um, permaculture, all this stuff. It's literally just going back to indigenous ways and now they're just charging us thousands and millions of dollars just to do it. When we were doing it for free. Exactly. It's madness. It's retarded. Yeah. It don't make no sense. The funniest thing to me was that they did the pop-up shop for Dior on like a beach in Dubai. And I'm like, okay but does how does that match mm-hmm. do, how do these ideals match somehow that doesn't make sense to me so yeah like i just didn't even was saying it's, don't try to reinvent the wheel man just learn how to do that shit with your hands right <laughs> and then you can say you actually like maybe have something mm-hmm. well the whole concept of sustainability comes from the aspect of our nature our ancestors understanding that they didn't want to destroy or remove anything from nature because they have the understanding that there's no empty space within the existence Mm -hmm. so yeah you're just trying to do what our ancestors have been doing and still continue to do yeah next okay Al-Qaeda showing fear of a united Africa. It's not just the West that's concerned by the three (laughs) three revolutionary governments of Niger, Burkina Faso, and Mali joining forces to defend their borders against imperialism and jihadi terrorists. Al-Qaeda is clearly worried too. In a 22-minute video published this week, 
Iyad Ashgali, the leader of Al-Qaeda in the Islamic Maghreb, or Akim, which is an Islamist militant organization that aims to overthrow the Algerian government and institute an Islamic state. In the video, the leader branded the West African country's new military leaders treacherous. He then called for their citizens to join his ranks and fight against them. You could call it a sign of desperation. Since the public supported coups in these nations, Al-Qaeda has been on the back foot, losing swaths of territory with Mali recently taking the rebel stronghold of Kidal. Coincidentally or not, such success follows the expulsion of French troops from the region by the West African trio who accused them of backing insurgents. In August 2022, Mali's foreign minister, Abdoulaye Giop, alleged France was providing weapons and intelligence to terrorist groups. In a letter addressed to the United Nations Security Council, he stated, these flagrant violations of Malian airspace were used by France to collect information for terrorist groups operating in the Sahel and to drop arms and ammunition to them. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> this goes back to the aspect of the Arabs trying to destabilize a region to find out where they come from. So, yeah, I would be scared too if the locals are saying, "Hey, get the fuck out," and are uniting to get to get you the fuck out. Then yeah, I'd be scared too. Mm -hmm. And it's it's funny because a lot of people sometimes when I do this research, sometimes I'll be like going on Reddit and seeing what people like really. Like people that really do the research are really saying, mm -hmm. and they were saying that if it makes sense to anybody that it wasn't really Al Qaeda that took down the Twin Towers, mm -hmm. it was the people that funded it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Then it would automatically make sense that Al Qaeda has to be in bed with the same people that funded 9 11, so that now. If and when it happens that people are turning on the religious aspect of like whatever they've implemented through their colonialism, now it has to become about something else. Now it's like terrorism and you know militias and all this crazy stuff. So I'm like, huh, that, that is interesting that now it's going to be like, oh, well, Al-Qaeda is on the back foot because of this one thing and now they're going to make it about just it, it, it's just so interesting the way that it works it's the same same hand every time mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah just people getting wise to it and finally being like get out of here yeah mm -hmm. next n-e-x-t <clears throat> so war in sudan rages on now ravaging the city of wad madani Upwards of 300 people have been killed in the city of Wad Madani in the last five days, as reported by Preliminary Committee of Sudan's Doctors Trade Union. At least six cases of rape have been confirmed in Madani, youngest victim being 13 years old. 300,000 people have evacuated Mad Wad Madani from the terrors, with many headed towards Sanar, a city located to the south of Wad Madani. Many fleeing on foot as RSF blocking all main routes and stopping buses. For many, this is the second time being displaced. RSF is short for Rapid Support Forces, are paramilitary forces formerly operated by the government of Sudan. 
repeating their classic terror tactics from cartoon, raiding hospitals, ambulances, houses, cars, and banks. Yeah, I mean, what <clears throat> what's going on is that they're, uh, they're basically, that's the second biggest city in Sudan. So once they destabilize the capital, now they're trying to destabilize the second biggest city. Because the thing is, is that once, once you can control, that's like the easiest area based on the destabilized aspect of the governments. Mm -hmm. So once you can control that region and you get into that region, then you have a stronghold and mm -hmm. you have a foothold mm -hmm. in Africa. Mm. So they're just trying to destabilize that area, get in, and then once they're in, then they're able to, you know, now influence the way things can go. And technically, for those of you that maybe don't understand, to even talk about Sudan, that word Sudan, if we're going to talk about it culturally, it's just the word Suten. Hmm. So it just gives you an idea as to what that people region, don't know what that word is yeah people don't i mean you guys can explain it but it just that's what uh that's what it is so in other words royalty mm -hmm. yeah sutin kind of it just means like king or kingship or royalty as he said and it's funny because when you like research or you understand even if you just know or if you you're not really necessarily a part of any um traditions or any um initiations that have the history of those lands like just researching alone will let you know that like Su what they're calling sudan is the areas of whatever they used to call like nubia or kush which is like the birthplace of like the comedic civilization mm -hmm. so that area in itself is like kind of like where the royalty or the royals came from like coming from like the south of the Nile next all right next on the list possible direct descendant of the pharaoh Ramses the oh, third <laughs> interestingly enough it was very difficult to find an article on this video, but back in April, I24 News broadcasted an interview with Dexter Caffrey, uh, Caffey, excuse me, founder of SmartEye Technology, an app available on Apple and Android that helps you easily protect your documents and files from unauthorized viewers by using our biometric security platform. The features included in the platform are iris, facial, fingerprint, behavioral print and voice recognition. Behavioral the sender print. can specify which biometric the receiver must use before the document opens up and the person receives it. Dexter says that he was questioning his identity, so he sent a DNA sample to 23andMe and received some astounding results explaining how he was the direct descendant of Pharaoh Ramses III. He then found photos online that said he looked, that he said looked like himself and his brother Joe. He also drew the parallel saying that his company SmartEye Technology has the logo of has a logo that uses a depiction of an eye is yet another resemblance of himself to his supposed ancestor. Um 
So how do they have the <laughs> DNA of Ramses the third? His mummy. Huh? They took they, they dug up his mummy they and they did all kinda Yeah, you never saw that? Scrape a little bit off. You never saw that experiment? So there's this I don't remember his name. Bro, do I look like I keep up with that kind of stuff? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't remember the guy's name, but I think he's things. an Arab. He's an Arab guy from Egypt. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So he's supposed to be like some Egyptologist, whatever. So they dug you up Ramsey's um, body, right? And they took um, DNA samples from like the skin and the bones and all that. And because for a long time, for many years, they had the propaganda of like the pharaohs being like either white Europeans or Arabs or something, which is highly strange. Mm-hmm. The uh, the actual true DNA results and melanin content came back as being very similar or basically the same to like all of the people in sub-Saharan Africa. So that kind of made that guy very upset. So that's how they got Ramsey's DNA samples. And now this guy's claiming to mm-hmm. be a relative of... Is he white? The guy? No, he's a black guy. Oh, he's a black dude. Yeah, he's a black dude. Okay, well, good for you, bro. If you are the descendant of Ramses III, you know, more power to you. Hopefully you can reclaim your father's legacy, your ancestor's legacy. <laughs> Link up with um, old boy that think he King Tut. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> do with the feather. Yeah, the do with the feather from the international. We should get festival. that guy on. Well, yeah, they said we can't come back. Oh, fuck them niggas. Have fun. Uh, have, yeah, have fun. fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Like, what are you talking about? We have so many better things to do, so <laughs> we appreciate you not having us back. Did you see that guy's list of demands? N- who? The, the, King, uh, the Tut feather, yeah, Tim, King Tut. No. Remember, I showed you in my DMs he was writing oh, me all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has yeah. a list of demands for him to come on the podcast. Yeah, whatever. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> what? We don't have to go find. Yeah, that's like yeah, a genuinely. Oh, he's hilarious. Like that's like a genuinely like mentally sick person. Yeah. Like we don't we don't need you. He called me Slim Knowledge. <laughs> he called you what? Slim Knowledge. Slim Knowledge. <laughs> I think it was hitting on you. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> so man. It's been another episode of the Gator Gates Podcast. We appreciate you guys for tuning in. There's so many different things you guys can do to get involved, and we hope you do them, mm-hmm. and we hope you, you know, do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we will get back with you guys next week. We appreciate you guys for tuning in. We hope you guys continue to tune in. We hope you guys continue to, you know, uh, partake. Yeah, and, uh, there's, a, there's another part of the... the Oh, I'm sorry. I thought there was another one. I thought that no. was the last one. No, it was the last oh, one. Sorry, There's ahead. a little proverb, though, for the oh, end I'm of sorry. the... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I thought you said this is the last one. It was the last rapid fire time. Yeah. Oh, you got to tell me that the show's not over. I thought I thought we were done. My mistake. <laughs> oh, that's why you were like, oh, God. <laughs> I was like, oh, I thought you were just doing that because you were like, how do I end the show? Right, but, right. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm so sorry. I didn't know that that was it. Now that we... But okay, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Excuse me. Um, So, proverb to close out the episode. Whoever acknowledges yesterday will have a bright future. The one who doesn't know yesterday or acknowledge it, it will be the one who... To stay (laughs) yesterday. Hmm. Can you read it one more time? Yeah, read it one more time. All the way through, please. Yeah. Whoever acknowledges yesterday will have a bright future. The one who doesn't know yesterday or acknowledge it will be the one to stay in yesterday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
<laughs> I mean, it, it's, yeah, that's, it's right on time. Yeah, and it's almost like paradoxical. For I know for people who don't understand it, it will be like paradoxical because how would that make you the one that stays in yesterday if you don't even acknowledge it? But it, it makes perfect sense mm -hmm. because it's you that won't be able to access your future because you don't know what's behind you. And that's even to close out the topic perfectly. Nigga money. Niggas. This one's for the niggas. <laughs> it's been another episode of the Gator Gates Podcast. We appreciate you guys for tuning in. We hope you guys continue to tune in and we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Idiot. Idiot.